0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show, with your host, Shaw McCain. Hey
0: everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain, I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. I am very proud to say we're translating to many different languages for our listeners outside the country. Call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the paranormal and the sacred air is every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I also do a little Bible study. We have sacred Sundays on Sunday morning, 11 a.m., same station. During the show, I can take questions and order in order and chat, and you may call in with your question and speak with our awesome guest tonight. Any killers in chat or on the phone, we'll be... Similarly, kicked out, and I have a copy of your phone number, and we'll call you back and bug you. So please play nice and uh, be polite. And announcements: I have an awesome announcement. I must tell you about Marilyn Sellis's creation, Love Blessing. It's a beautiful healing mist with blessed waters and all twenty-six essential oils. And I got my beautiful little kit, and I've been using it for two weeks, and it's adding to My health and vitality is helping me feel better and calm and go to sleep. And you can order yours from Marilyn Salas. It has a good scent. It doesn't overpower any cologne. Uh, It could be unisex. Uh, The smell is reminiscent of a light incense. I think you'll love it, and it's really uh, beautiful. And, of course, it's been blessed and meditated over by Marilyn Salas. You can get yours at www.lovesblessing.com. And I want to remind you to tune in to Paranormal Angels every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. The call-in number to listen to the show there and speak with them is 718-664-6407. Call in and listen to my friends, Mar- Marcia Becker and Geraldine Bouse, and I love them very much. You can tune into the show. I just want to remind you that Yvonne Smith's new book, Horror Not Haunting, is now available on Amazon and CreateSpace. If you need a licensed hypnotherapist and regressionist, Yvonne's always available, and you can reach her at www.cerointernational.com International dot com. E R O, international. dot com. Okay, next week our guest will be Lynn Reagan. author of the books, Wake Me Up, Love in the Afterlife, and she is going to be talking about uh, her fiance. Uh, unfortunately, was murdered and she started having communications with him in the afterlife, and she has other two books, too. So we're going to have her next week. And this week, our honored guest is Marty Rosenblatt. Marty Rosenblatt is a viewer analyst judge, and he's an authority on precognition. And um, he knows precognition from a scientific perspective, applied techniques, and he's a professional remote viewer. And I'm going to get him on the the phone, and I'm going to... Let's see. Yeah. Um, here. Here. Hold on one moment, please, while I, I get through the end. Here we go. Dial Hello. Hi, hi, Marty. Uh, this yeah. is uh, huh? Charlene with the Paranormal Seeker. You're live on the show tonight.
2: Hi, Char. Right. Hi. Um, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yay. So uh, I'm just going to read your bio and um, right now, and you're live on the show. So I'm going to read your okay. bio to, to let people know some about you. And uh, Marty Rosenblatt's focus at APP is to attract more people and groups to the work with APP and to act as a group manager for several APP groups. He is both an associate remote viewer and analyst judge applying the one RV protocol. Marty is an expert on the science of precognition and its various protocols, and he may be the foremost authority on all things related to precognition. I didn't know that, Marty, at the time, because I'm a avid uh, interest in uh, remote viewing, and I'd like to go for training uh, at some point in my life and uh, to find out that your, I don't know, your expertise is uh, so awesome. But, um, I mean, Marty is also president of the the Psychic Situation Application, which he founded in 1998. He applied remote viewing to predicting stock market and sporting event outcomes, and he writes an online magazine, Connections Through Time. And Marty also teaches financial and sports precognitive application workshops with other experienced experts in the remote viewing community, including Russell Targ, Skip Atwater, Stefan Schwartz, and Paul Elder. And you have a MS in physics from UCLA. Um, now, Marty, how uh, could you, for uh, for the rest of us that don't know much about all this, uh, we'd like to first, uh, where did you grow up, Marty, and uh, what kind of um, upbringing did you have? What started off Where did you start? I,
2: I started, I was born in New York City, but I came to California when I was nine, so I consider myself to be a uh, uh, California, um, almost California resident, but not quite. And um, so I lived in the Los Angeles area, a place called Torrance, California, so Southern California. Yes. And and my interest, since I was rather young, had to do science and science fiction. Um, I love science fiction, imagining all these Things which could be, and uh, you know, that's always been my focus—the combination of science and futuristic
0: type of things. Um, you were drawn to this format. Like, what? What happened? What started you on this particular path? Well, um,
2: I frankly worked for the government. Um, as a scientist, a research scientist, and I got involved with classified work, um, and I was working for the DIA, so now we're talking, um, you know, after I graduated uh, um, with my master's, and so I'm working, and I saw a paper by Putoff and Targ from the Stanford Research Institute, and That included um, what they termed remote viewing. They made up that word because psychic would not go in the government. Um, But they published this paper, and I went to my contacts at the um, intelligence agency, DIA, and they said, why don't you go out and talk to these guys? Um, I think this was very early after these. People were starting with their remote viewing work at Stanford Research Institute. And so I went out there and met these um, two people who were really running the program, Hal Pudoff and uh, Russ Tart, and I was quite impressed to actually see um, very significant scientific work done in this field was brand new. Um, and it turned out the DIA was actually funding them, but they wanted an independent analysis. and so that's how I really got involved in the specific specific area of remote viewing and precognition. They also were doing precognitive work, applying the remote viewing you know to seeing things in the future. So that's really how I got involved and first began to meet the people in the field. And that goes back to like the early nineteen seventies. Oh my god, that was
0: a long time ago.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was when I first got into this specific field.
0: I think that's when I when it was first started. They started uh there was this Russian um I think was it the game of chess and that was the first broadcast of the Russians kind of using thought to make them uh uh, who were they playing against to to make them lose a chess game or something? I'm trying to remember something I remember watching back, that, back in the day. I think that was one and of them. Was,
2: there was stuff like that going on, and they, you know, remember the book Psychic Phenomenon Behind the Iron Curtain? And that was the period when all of this was getting started because the Soviets um, were spying on us and we were spying on them. And um, that's really when all of this remote viewing work um, was, in fact, started. And it definitely had to do with, with defense. Uh, you know, we needed to see things that were going on in the Soviet Union, and they were trying to do the same thing with us, as were the Chinese and others. Most of the major countries had um, remote viewing units. Um, which were gathering information, gathering intelligence.
0: You know but, um Now, do you want to uh, discuss with us uh, your training uh, in this? Because you were doing it with oh. the military, and they, you know, uh, to try to tell people like what you're doing that they've never heard of this before. Okay, let
2: me let me yeah, let's let's talk a little bit
0: um
2: okay, let me about let one. me explain what it is we do. And early on yeah. you mentioned um app, and what app stands for is applied precognition project. That's where I am uh now.
0: And we have um
2: a website appliedprecog.com and this is what we're all about. Over the years since the, the 70s Remote viewing and precognition have um, indeed um, been been refined. Now, what the remote viewing is, is using your mind to gather information from distant places and distant times. So that's past, present, and future. Remote viewing is known to be able to do all of that. So, for example... Um, um a, a good example happens to be when we were asked, uh, the remote viewers, you know, I wasn't involved in this uh, directly, but remote viewers like Joe McMonagle, who's one of the best mm-hmm. in the world, was asked to look in a location where there was all kinds of military um, activities going on, guards, a lot of equipment was going in and out. And it would be natural for our CIA, DIA to try to know what's going on. So they asked him to look inside um, this, this building. And what he, quote, saw, um, using remote viewing, which is basically sending your consciousness to this place, so you're intending to get information, he saw a huge submarine being built that dwarfed anything that had ever been built before by us or anybody else. And he reported this to the CIA, and they just sort of laughed at him. They were more like a mile away from water, and they said this was ridiculous. Well, it turned out he also gave them a date. Within a week or so of that date, they built a canal from the water to where they were doing this construction and launched their huge submarine, the Boomer, um, which is still being used by by them now. So this is an example of what you can do with remote viewing. You can pick up information from a distance, but you can do the same thing in the future. Okay, so that gives a little background on, on remote viewing. And the Army had people who did this. Uh, Special Forces had people who were doing this. And so there were people who were trained um, to do this, and some of those people even give classes today. Now, what we're doing is applying this in um, a a different way, somewhat less dramatic than in the military way, because there's something called associative remote viewing, where you do an association um, between, in our case, we use photographs, and we'll do an association with, um, let's give an example, which is easy to understand, of a sporting event. So you have, uh, for example, a Super Bowl coming up, okay? Um, But this works for any sporting event, Team A versus Team B. And we might associate one picture with Team A, say um, uh, the Eiffel Tower um, with Team A, and then we might associate another picture with Team B, say um, an elephant, something very different. And then what we would ask our remote viewers to do is remote view a picture I'm going to show you after the game. So if the game is going to be, you know, later today, we would say, hey, I'm going to show you this picture tomorrow after the game. And let's say the remote viewer, um, and they develop transcripts, Draws something like a triangle. It has some stripes on it. Uh, Maybe says people. Um, Just a, a, a few things like that. For associative remote viewing, we ask them to generate a page or two. Now, in this case, a judge would take that transcript. All of this is before the game. Would take that transcript and say, oh, look at that. That really looks like the Eiffel Tower. Well, how would he be able to draw a good picture of the Eiffel Tower if it wasn't that he's going to see it tomorrow, which was his tasking, because he'll only see the correct picture. And so, therefore, you can make a prediction on Team A because of the association with the um, Eiffel Tower and Team A and the good picture that the remote viewer did.
0: So... So Thus, you you pick the winner that way.
2: That's the way we pick the winner, by using Interesting. remote... Interesting. Yep, we use remote viewing to describe the picture the viewer is going to see in the future. So he's he or she is doing remote viewing of something they're going to see in the future, and that's associated with, say, one team or another, or in financial markets, say, any a price change where it moves up versus down. We're focused on what we call binary, so two choice, um, two choices. And so you see how you're using precognition in a very practical way.
0: Um, um,
2: you know, you can wager, or uh, we like to think of it as investing because it's been demonstrated that there's a real edge over chance. The cases we like the most um, are ones that are like 50-50, and the edge over chance is like 5%, 10 15%. Um, we're definitely not right all the time, but we're right mm-hmm. enough that
0: people are making money. Wow, so this is, uh, okay, the Applied Precognition Project. Uh, was conceived to assist people on um, seeing the future uh, so they can win money? <laughs> well, no. See,
2: now, now, that's not true because I want okay. to tell you almost everybody that is in this has this strong connection with you call the sacred. Um okay. Okay. I like to think of this as being a deep consciousness field. In fact, I'd like to talk to you at that level as well.
0: But, yes, and look, love-
2: you know, there's a a deep connectivity with everything which is alive, all sentient beings, all all life is connected and interconnected, and that happens to be. Independent of time. The connections are like outside of time. Now, once you kind of get this, and once you start appreciating and seeing precognition as being true, and where do you think precognition comes from? Precognition comes from the inner part of you, your inner being, your soul, your spirit. You know, everybody has different words for it, but it is this inner deep part of you that is connected with the rest of the universe it's connected with all that is that's the sacred part Um, and that I think precognition shows in a very real way because it shakes up the idea of linear time and time being so important um, in a linear sense because it's like all of time is out there and you can connect with it. Okay, that's where I'm coming from, and that's where most of the people working in this area are coming from, because you sort of get this.
0: Um, yeah. How,
2: how can we educate society to that? How do we get society to better appreciate that they are a part of something much grander than they usually consider themselves to be a part of. And they're not like observers. They're in the middle of it. Their consciousness is part of this huge, all that is, this huge consciousness field. I actually call it a universe of collective consciousness, similar to what Jung did. Um, Yes. And uh, to educate them... I came to the conclusion, now this is after you have to realize um, there has been a great deal of scientific work done on this. Stanford Research Institute proved it scientifically. Remember, that's where I started way back when. Princeton University repeated their experiments, duplicated it. That's the scientific method. Um, It's now been done so many times. Books have been written. Dean Radin has written lots and lots of books showing all the statistics, showing that that (laughs) the odds against the experiments are one out of trillions now that it could be the normal model. There's something else going on which is connected with this sacredness, if you will, the fact that we're connected with all that is. Science has not convinced society in any meaningful way. Um, You know, people just don't get that they're connected to the future, for example. They don't get that they're grander beings. So I concluded and... um, I think many others are concluding, that, and they're certainly drawn drawn to this, not for the money, though some certainly are, but they're drawn to this because they know if we can make money as an application, that will get society's attention. Money I mean, does talk.
0: Yes, it does, and uh, for some reason I'm not interested in that aspect of it, but I'm, I'm totally enthralled with this because um, I think I've been living with this my whole life, uh, being able to do this. I'm not sure if it's psychic because I, I'm not trained in, in doing any of this, but um, I've been able to uh, see things, and it doesn't matter how far away it is. That um, I'm, uh, Just a quick example was the... Uh, I was seeing... Uh, people in Africa running all night long, just running and running all night long, and they were suffering, and then they sleep during the day, and it was like all that. And it turned out, and then I started seeing stacks of bodies and trucks and stuff like that, and then I, then I started seeing, in my dreams, I started seeing that there was reporters that knew this was going on, and then finally uh, I had to tell uh, it was my then-husband, I said, may I tell you something because I'm overwhelmed, you know, with the cane? I said, there's he, there's African people out there running all night, and I don't know why they're running in fear like they are. And Anyway, it turned out to be the, the Rwanda thing that was going on. Wow. Well, yeah, look, that... and about a year later, it ended up in the newspaper, but I was so hurt that how... Vicious and how afraid they were and running all all night in fear and only sleeping during the day and that's exactly what they were doing.
2: You See now that's a wonderful example of how your consciousness picked up information um, from a distance. Let me let me make a distinction between that which happens, let's say, occasionally, randomly. It's beautiful. It shows that we have this connection. Um, you know, and it is a sacred connection with all that is, and that particular thing came into you. What remote viewing does, which is somewhat different from that, um, is that it's done purposefully. There is tasking. There's a document created as a permanent record so that uh, it can be analyzed and used. So if somebody had asked you, you know, what's the next major event going on in Africa, and you would come up with that information, you know, a day or two before, that would be remote viewing. And so okay. it's this tasking part. And this is what got used, see, in the military. The example I gave you, the person was tasked to see inside a particular structure and area. Um, remote viewing is being used Um, to find missing persons. So they might just give a remote viewer the name and try to find out um, where that person is. And Joe McMonigle, again, and he's going to be at a uh, workshop um, we're going to be giving in June. Um, He does a lot of this, and so do others. They're remote viewers that use their remote viewing skills, which is the same skill You use there, but they use it in a directed, um, purposeful fashion. So, you know, I hope that does sort of make that distinction, because it's an important one. Um, There's always a specific protocol involved, and people use different protocols, but you get into a protocol where what's produced is usually a transcript, sometimes a recording, which can then be used for some application,
0: yes, and have you uh have you been okay uh so you're you how did you start out getting interested in the precognition part because you're a a scientist right a physicist
2: that's exactly right when I'm a physicist and um the interest in precognition is because when I saw this scientific work done on it, demonstrating it scientifically, um I was really drawn to it, and it's this associative remote viewing that is one of the best ways to show this, because you always get data. Did the team that you predicted would win win um you know, did the stock move up as you predicted? Um, you can do this for a missing person. If you think the missing person is in New York versus California, the problem is you can't get a lot of data. Those are like onesies. So I was drawn to an area of associative remote viewing using precognition because you could get good data um, and it blows the normal physical model which most people think of. And I've always been interested in cutting-edge science. And the fact that precognition says information can come from the future, um, especially back in the 70s, it turns out more and more is going on now where people are saying, well, you know, the equations of physics actually do go backwards as well as forward. Um, And so science is moving very, very slowly to accept the possibility of this, um, and that was my interest was to show um, not only society in general, but originally I wanted to be part of a process to show the scientific community that that this indeed is is a reality. but um, science just isn't taking to it because there is no model. you know how do you model? Consciousness—it's been recognized as the really the number one. They did a survey, and apparently, consciousness is like the number one um, scientific mystery that we know the least about. Um, You know, they're looking into the brain, and they can see all kinds of things going on into the brain. Um, You know, when you even think two different kinds of thoughts, the brain reacts differently. But that's different than the direct conscious experience of something. Where does that come from? How come you're aware of this very moment, which in my opinion is the foundation of this universe of collective consciousness? It's all of the conscious moments that all sentient beings experience past, present and future. That in fact is all that is. I mean, that's a one way to look at all that is. At least that's all that is of consciousness. Um well, so
0: from well, my pers- uh, what, uh, from, uh, uh from what you have seen what makes somebody? Do they have certain characteristics that you see in people that are open for this uh, remote viewing experience, and that are that have a knack at it? Let's say, do they have certain characteristics that you've noticed?
2: They've done actual studies of this, so it's not just me. Um, you have to yes. realize government funded this, and you know Stanford research, but there are other companies involved getting paid by the government. Your money was used for this. Um, Various government agencies studied this, and they would, of course, ask that same question. And the answer apparently are, there are two main things that they seem to come up with. One was um, people who meditate and who are open to meditating Um, And, you know, in its most general sense, not a particular style of meditation uh, was important, but that you could get quiet and get into your own thoughts and um, that sort of thing. They were open to kind of listening to their inner self. Um, um, That was number one. And number two was creativity. And I see those being very closely related in my mind. Because where does creativity come from? It comes from your inner being somehow. and um, So those those were the two things which were at the, the top of the list. People who like, um, there's one very good remote viewer um, who didn't even know she was <laughs> a good remote viewer. She was brought in as a non-remote viewer to do a test with people who were known and trained turned out from the get-go she did extraordinarily well and she was a very creative artist um, so there are a lot of a lot of stories most people might not even know they have this capability you know you know you have it it sort of comes yes. in on you, and you recognize it um, I, I think everybody has it to one degree or another Um A lot of people might turn it off. Um, Their parents might say negative things about it and turn it off uh, when they're kids,
1: uh,
2: et cetera, et cetera. But I believe this
0: is just a natural capability of human beings. I believe the same thing, and I also believe animals have it.
2: Uh. You know, I I think so, too. In fact, if you think about what we call instinct, wouldn't it be a very valuable instinct, to, you know, besides smell and the other things that they have, to sort of sense that if I go in that direction, that's going to be the same place that lion is going to go? Um, right. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so I could see that precognition would be... Um, almost an evolutionary um, capability that would be selected for.
0: Yeah, so, you know, you've heard the story of uh, people moving away and had lost their dog, and the dog took three years in traveling a big loop-de-loop, but they eventually found, the dog found a new house. How could that be possible when it wasn't even following the freeway they were on? It was like yep. in the mountains and going around the hill and then it still got to the new house. Yep. Like
2: and there was an I experiment.
0: That's mine. Go ahead. Yep. Tell us about that.
2: I, I I agree. And there was an actual um, experiment done. There was a, a dog who supposedly went to the window like five or ten minutes before the the owner came home. And the person said that, and, you know, nobody believed it, but they actually put it to test. They had the person come home randomly, and by golly, the dog would go to the window. Again, it's not 100%, which makes it so hard for scientists and others to accept. And you have to have applications where it's okay to not be right every time. Um, But this thing with the animals, absolutely. What about the tsunami stories? The animals were the first oh, yeah. to leave the coastline. They were,
0: at, uh, and they have films of that. So you know this is documented, and uh, also um, this has happened in uh, with people. Do you have like a a story uh, that um, that you like to tell about a remote viewing incident, or anything you want to share with us?
2: Um, You know it's so you know people always like dramatic stories, but let me tell you the one that came to mind. It wasn't dramatic, but I experienced it personally. Um, I was doing associative remote viewing, so I um, was was asked to describe a um, a target, and you have to understand, and this is important to understand. Now, when I first said it was a photograph, that was for simplicity. Really, the consciousness goes to the place when the photograph was taken. So there's a very specific place your consciousness goes to, um, namely where the photograph was taken. And, and it's your task to describe what can be verified from that photograph. So that's what ARV is all about. So I was asked to do this, and I got a tall-shaped thing. I'm sort of imagining it now, a grassy area, um, um, water, and then suddenly I smelled salt. So I knew that this was the ocean. Okay, And so that was about all there was in my transcript. Um, you know, tall, slender structure of some sort, some grass around, and then ocean. But the smell, for me, it was the first time I had ever used one of the other senses. You know, we always think this is a visual, if you can call it remote viewing. But the subconscious is able to use any of your senses to communicate with you, and that was the first time um i used my sense of smell or it used my subconsciousness used the sense of smell and it turned out the picture was a lighthouse there was grass around it on the ocean. Yeah. that's um, right and uh and so that's an important thing to recognize and i've had uh, i had a viewer who we once had a beehive as a um uh target with all kinds of bees swarming around, and um he put on his his transcript booz, I'm hearing sounds bzz, bzz. um so virtually all of your senses are um available as i don't know what to call it mechanisms for your subconscious, this deep. Inner part of yourself that's connected to the sacred um, to communicate with your conscious mind.
0: You know, it's a, uh, it's, I, I, it's also a way of we can help each other. And uh, there's, there's okay. I'm gonna give you an example of what I mean by that is that uh, my son was in China. And I started thinking about him, like, worried, you know. And I thought, I'm going to call China. I didn't even know if my phone would go go call China, you know. Mm-hmm. But I got on the phone and I called him. And he said, Mom. He said, well, why are you calling me? I said, honey, I'm worried about you. What's wrong? He said, Mom, I am lost. He said, all the writing is in Chinese. All the signs are in Chinese. I don't know where I am and I'm really lost. And I, I was looking. I just call it, like, sort of looking I was looking, I said, okay, uh, you're in an alley, right? He said, yeah. I said, walk up the alley until you come to a little crowd of people. They're on the right. I said, they're tourists. They all speak English. I said, just keep me on the phone and keep walking. So he's walking for just a couple minutes. He said, Mom, there, there's, a, there's a little group right there. I said, go over there and talk to them. They speak English. He went over there, and there was a little group right there speaking English. I said, oh, thanks, Mom. So that was a <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I do that. it's weird. I do it all the time and um that's why I was just so interested in having you on because uh it's happened uh no matter where he goes, he you know, it's almost like the or anybody else I love goes, there. Um, it doesn't matter how far away you are because it's instantaneous.
2: Right. Distance distance doesn't matter. But I have it's just to, like doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter. No, I
2: can give. And you've got to
0: follow the prompting. Go ahead, give me another example.
2: Well, um, well, you talk about language. Uh, what yes. the, the fellow who is the head of the Army Remote Viewing Unit at Fort Meade, his name is Skip Atwater, and he tells the story of um, a remote viewer who he sent to a square at a particular time to. Get, I don't know what kind of information, but to get information, and um, they found a person and the remote viewer, now, now this is real-time monitoring, so he's monitoring the remote viewer and trying to gather information from him, um, right. and the remote viewer says, the fellow is um, reading a newspaper. Uh, Skip Atwater asks, well, what does it say? And the viewer says, I... Can't read it. It's in Russian. Let's say, he says. Well, imagine that you can, and the guy did.
0: <laughs> he was, wow! He was oh my god, that gave me the chills. Yes, because it's like, it's, the, it's like the block is ours. It's 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 a block is ours. Like we put a block Absolutely. or a limit on it or something. Absolutely,
2: it's like we are so much greater. Than we think we
0: are, yes,
2: and that's going to lead um, eventually to what I call a par. But not I. Everybody, I think, would call it a paradigm shift. I mean, imagine if if half the population was using precognition, using remote viewing, these kind of examples in their daily life, and took it for granted. It would be a different world, and that's a paradigm shift.
0: That's right, and we we do feel uh, everybody, even running into you and meeting you, we all do feel like we uh, belong together, like we're a piece of the puzzle. All of us have a certain contentment that goes along and joy that goes along with it, you know. And it it just seems like it's all working in a strange yeah. way because it's like how will we ever meet each other otherwise? Well, because there's something guess, strange going on. It's, um,
2: yeah, it's life. We're learning lessons. I'm a great believer in, uh, in, you know, that general concept that we're here, um, um, to learn and to teach. Uh, but interacting with others, you know, I spend a lot of time focusing on the inner being of one person, because that's what you're using in your remote viewing and everything. However, guess what? Every other person has the same thing, and we are connected to them, just as your example showed. And we have examples of telepathy. Um, Yours is different. Yours is a very interesting one. But I have examples of what I'll call precognitive telepathy, um, where somebody read somebody else's mind well, it got information from somebody else um, and re- reported it in a remote viewing way on a piece of paper before that other person even experienced what was being um, 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 written by the first remote viewer. But we do have access to each other, um, as yeah. your example showed, and other examples show, and sometimes they call it telepathy – but we are indeed all connected. Um, God, imagine if you felt that everybody was like your direct family. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm actually hoping that what we're talking about here, remote viewing, these advanced capabilities of consciousness, will lead to something like that. I mean, you wouldn't want to do harm to a family member, you know. Right. um, So imagine if, you know, in spite of how you talk about the goodness in people, um, there seems to be, you know, a lot of conflict going on right now. And that's because people do not feel like others are family members. In fact, they feel like they're enemies. And the world is never really going to get to a better place until you really do get this sense that you're all one family. That's been I the think that
0: would be beautiful? Yep. Because we would help each other and care for each other and uh, support each other, you know, on on what, let's say, you know, you're out there doing something and uh, another person's pick up on if you're in danger, if you need support, or if you're lonely, or whatever, you could think of each other and give them that loving support or direction. Take a right, take a left. <laughs> so. yep.
2: But also okay. don't, you know, fire um, missiles at them and don't, exactly. um, um, you know, take them capture or kill them and do all the terrible things that we see in the news, um, you know, too often now. And always, I, I've always wondered um, going back into all recorded history, there's always been this sense of family and community within groups, and yet groups, countries, um, different families, have these feuds. There's not that same sense of family, camaraderie um, between others. And there's always this strong separation, um, which has led, for one reason or another, to many, many wars. It's going on today. And uh, wouldn't that be wonderful if some of the stuff that we're talking about could have an effect at the global level? Um, But that's. Maybe it
0: does. If more people focus in the same way, maybe that would affect and neutralize some of the evil that's out there. I wonder. uh,
2: Yeah, we're getting, uh, you know, to the big picture dream, but I think it's important Mm -hmm. to have a big picture dream. And um, that's what keeps, uh, you know, even the paradigm shift in a smaller sense of just getting our society to recognize the universe is much grander than it is. That's really where my focus is, but I do hope it will lead to a global change as well.
0: Yeah, there will be a time where I think we're going to be pressed to use it, and, and we'll we'll have to do it, and people have to change. Because a lot of times we don't go willingly. We have to be pressed, you know, and uh, I think uh, that pressure does come, and uh, I hope that people use that uh, power for the positive, you know. Pain is a yeah. good uh, initiation for sending help out to someone, you know. You never know when you're... Sometimes when I'm at the most stressed is when I'm at the most creative. I don't like it when I'm there, but sometimes it brings the best out of me.
2: Yep, yep. And the, the, so, the question would be, how are we going to get more and more people begin to think this way and doing this sort of thing um, how do you know well you do know about family members you know we've all heard those stories and mm-hmm. oh you know, my my um, anyway we know stories people are sick and suddenly you just get this urge to call them that's what happened with,
0: yeah. with your,
2: um, and that that does happen but that's Maybe opening the people who certainly who have those experiences up to what we're talking about, but it's not having any kind of significant effect on society which would um activate this paradigm shift you know you know the paradigm shift to the scientific revolution um was when there were some really kind of great things that came out of science. Uh I mean a lot of them uh you know Columbus maybe is an example, but there are other things that in way back when the invention of um um I happen to think of one that was pretty early of a stirrup on a horse uh allowed you to ride a lot better, but unfortunately it also allowed you to hold a lance and um, um, kill someone better. Unfortunately, a lot of the technological advances, the scientific advances, uh, um, many of them are war-related, and many of them are not. But look where we are now. I mean, there's clearly been an intellectual scientific revolution, which was a paradigm shift, Um, compared to, you know, where we were in uh, the 14th century or so, you know, before Columbus and before Copernicus, who took us from thinking the earth was the center of the universe. I mean, in some ways, he's actually credited with starting the scientific revolution because he basically proved it. And that was a major find. The church was violently against that. Um, And yet, that was science um, which did that and Newton and all those guys. So here we are with this great intellect. Imagine the next paradigm shift which combines intellect with the kind of things we're talking about. Inner intuition being applied in your life just normally. I mean, this would go on all the time. Um, um, If your son needed help, you would know it. He would somehow be able to contact you effortlessly, you know, better than the yes. cell phone.
0: Um, that's, right. that's And it could a, it just help avert disasters maybe even, but it's... Uh, right. Um, does it... Can anyone do associative remote viewing or does it take special talent? And uh, what's the best way to start? Anybody can do it.
2: The best way to start is to do it, and it's not that hard to learn. We give classes. um, We give webinars. We have things on the Internet. Anybody who's listening and is interested should go to AppliedPrecog.com. One word, AppliedPrecog, A P P L I E D P R. E-C-O-G, appliedprecog.com, and there is a form. um, You know, you'll see tabs, but there's a form, contact form, and all they have to do is show that they're interested, and we will contact them and take them to the next step. So all that is required is their interest, and then we will teach them how to do this to whatever level. You know, not everybody is going to be at the same level. Um, However, the nice part about ARV is that you can learn, you can get better, and you can keep track of where you are because we keep statistics. And so we are very much about combining the intellectual with the intuitive.
0: That's that's ideal to me because then you have a record of it because a lot of this is so random and and people share their dreams back and forth, and talk about you know things in their childhood that I had a grandma that could do this and do that, and what you're doing is actually writing it down, and uh, that's that's how you can find out what the patterns are, or uh, you know have a scientific data on all this. Quite amazing. I have um, I have somebody in chat that's asking a question. And wants to sure. know, is this similar to astral projection?
2: You know th- that's very interesting. And I think the answer is it can be. If you were to do an out-of-body, right, astral projection, that's what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. um, and you were to do it in a way where you came back and um, made a record of it, and you were tasked to go out of your body and find a missing person. Where is that missing person right now? Um, and you came back and drew a sketch of it or even maybe came up with a name, but mostly they come up with sketches. The remote viewers seem to be really good with describing um, um, things and um, you know, a distinctive characteristics of uh, a building or geometry near there but you did it on purpose and came back with the transcript, that would be an astral projection version of remote viewing. Um, a lot of people are doing dream remote viewing. Um, you know how you had your dream? Imagine if yeah, I do that all the time. Imagine if before you go to sleep, you you could do this yourself. You give yourself a task. A lot of people just like to experiment with, with this and will say, okay, what will be the headline in Tomorrow's Newspaper, for example. As long as you're tasked that way, you develop a transcript um, um, in advance, that would be remote viewing precognitively using DreamTherap. There's a book out there, God, maybe I can even find it, on, on Dream ESP. You know, if you go and Google things, you'll be able to find it all kinds of stuff on remote viewing. And you could
1: go
2: viewing in dreams and you will find people who are doing that. Um, I'm not sure anyone has written a book on remote viewing and astral projection, but, you know, we we know out-of-body experiences occur. There have been examples that have been verified, but I do not know if anybody has done um, repeatedly in this remote viewing fashion, and that would be very interesting. So task yourself, go out of body, and see if you can get information that can then be um, checked. Um, And you need to keep data. I mean, that really is what distinguishes remote viewing from, you know, the year-end psychics. And, you know, you never really see them tell you what were their predictions over the last 10 years. Nobody ever does that. Well, remote viewing is doing that, and ARV, associates Remote Viewing, does that. And that's what our applied precog.com, um, um is all about. That's what app is all about.
0: You know, um, this is a good idea because you hear it over and over again. Can you please keep a journal by your bed? But That's kind of random, but you're saying develop a task and then develop a transcript. And then give yourself a task before you go to sleep.
2: And then go to the step of verifying it. Do a task which can be verified. See, that's what we like about ARV. Um, You get to verify it. But you can come up with remote viewing tasks, like like what's going on, um, what's the headline in tomorrow's newspaper. Now, there's a lot of front what we call front-loading with that so we usually like to do things which are more blind but
0: um, looks front loading
2: well there's so much news now about the, the 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 middle east that yeah oh you might just be thinking that and it isn't really coming from your subconscious it's coming more from the intellect and that's one of the things when you do this repeatedly you begin to tell the difference you you get to learn the difference of the raw stuff that comes from the subconscious versus what's coming from the intellect, and the gold and bits of information are what come from the subconscious, and it's usually pieces, pieces here, pieces there. It's just not perfect, which is the false image that is out there. Um, yes, sure. But you you know. That's the way I really think that people should move forward is come up with tasks that interest them that can be verified and and often it will be partial verification but you'll get some pieces of it which are good and this will help you do even a little better in the future.
0: Yeah, because you get the feel of it, and uh, I think you get to be more, even more open. Now, I feel that if you have a wall, of course, you're not going to be able to do any of this. Like, if there's a block or a fear, um, it would be hard to get through to somebody even to believe any of this.
2: Um, you're talking about somebody else now to get them to believe yeah. this?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, you know what? I think we just have to allow them to come here by being better ourselves. You know, I I think yeah. the money is an aggressive way of doing it, and that's yeah. why we're doing it. Um, that's a good application. Um, but there are other applications. I mean, there are people out there who try to find missing persons. The problem, in my mind, about using that to influence society is they're slow. You know, we can do a lot of remote viewing, get feedback, get data, try get better. Um, and uh, and that's that's what we're... That's where our focus is now, for better or worse. A lot of people have problems with money. And, in fact, people who are doing this need, in my opinion, to work through the money issue if they're going to get better and better at this if you see money as being evil, even if you have an attitude that says, you know what, most of the people who are rich out there, like those Wall Street guys, they're really all bad. Well, then you, if if that's in your belief system, then you know what, you probably would not want to be successful because you wouldn't want other people to think that about you. And so there's mm-hmm. an awful lot that goes on in the inner world. Um, and that has to be worked. And, and now there are two parts of it. And I was going to say it has to be cleaned up, which is true, and that's one of the real benefits of all this, is you actually get in touch with different parts of yourself. Um, and you're the one who's doing this, and you're the one that has to clean up your inside. It's very yeah. difficult to other people that they ought to do this first. Do it yourself and be a model.
0: Yeah, you have to be able to trust yourself and be trustworthy. You know, yep. so you'll be solid. You know, be you know, you can be trusted. It's a you know, it's like that with a lot of things. That's for sure. So, so you have are are any of your groups working on uh, predicting natural disasters or? climate change or anything else that can affect... the
2: There are remote viewers who are doing just that sort of thing. Um, and... Um, uh, in fact, uh, Joe McMonigle wrote a book about the future over like the next 50 years. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the name of the book... So there are people who are doing that, and he was looking at the way our society might change and making predictions on that, but remember, all of these things take a long time to um, play themselves out, and, uh, but the fact that he published it shows that he was using remote viewing because he did it in a formal way with a protocol, willing to put his predictions to the test. And that's such an important part of um, of all of this. Um, God, I have so many books. There really is. I mean, I, anybody who is interested in this, just spend some time Googling the keywords, remote viewing, um, um, Joe McMonagle, precognition, Skip Atwater. You know, you'll very quickly get the players there is a
0: uh, Okay, so I got, I got his website. It's at uh well, M C E A G L E dot com and he's got remote viewing secrets, the Stargate Chronicles, the Ultimate Time Machine and Mind Trek are the books he yeah. has right oh, on the
2: that's, that's it. I think Mind Trek was the future book. Um I also have a book that is a discussion of remote viewing that people might be interested in. Um it goes back a ways but it's got the history of remote viewing in it and it's called Remote Viewers, colon, The Secret History of America's Psychic Spies.
0: Interesting.
2: And it is an excellent book and i I know many of the people um in the book the remote viewers um some of the scientists and um they all say it's you know it's not perfect but it is definitely pretty accurate and it definitely captures the essence of what was going on so i think um i think that is a very interesting book in fact the former cia official i'm reading the back cover you can't be involved mm-hmm. in this for any length of time and not be convinced there's something here. Um, oh, here's something from Hal Pudoff, the fellow I met and am still in touch with um, occasionally, and he's going to be the keynote speaker at the um, International Remote Viewing Association's conference in New Orleans. Hal Uh that'll be in June. There were times when they wanted to push buttons and drop bombs on the basis of our information, what Hal Pudoff said. Oh, here's a quote yeah. from Jimmy Carter. That was what Hal Pudoff said. And he, um, you know, I mean, he was involved in a lot of the secret stuff. Here's what um, Jimmy Carter, okay, a quote from Jimmy Carter, and this is in the book, I guess, maybe with more details. She went into a trance, and while she was in the trance, She gave us some latitude and longitude figures. We focused our satellite cameras on that point, and the lost plane was there. I remember that. There was a a crashed plane, and everybody was looking for it because it had all kinds of um, um, high-tech information, high-tech technology, uh, you know, spying technology and that sort of thing. And... um, Uh, The Soviets were looking for it, we were looking for it, all the various countries were looking for it, um, and we ended up finding it. Anyway. I think it's, it's
0: you know, there's a, okay, there's a, also, um, you're talking about predictive remote viewing like we're seeing the future. Can you explain a little more about the mechanism of that, or how would you explain it? Well, is this like an Einstein thing
2: that he was theory kind of thing?
0: A what kind of thing? Like Einstein had thoughts huh. of uh, time and space
2: and water mechanics. Okay, first yeah. of all, I have to be really clear that there is no scientific model that explains this. Um, okay. That is, well, sort of, period, but certainly not one that's accepted by um uh anything close to a majority of scientists that's the problem um even a decent fraction of scientists there's just no way right now to get down to the specific equations now having said that the closest this comes and it has all the right characteristics is quantum mechanics um Now, quantum mechanics delves into the realm of the very, very, very small, okay, right? Quantum mechanics talks about things like electrons and what goes on there, and light, what's called photons, um, and it's a different world. The equations and the physics of quantum mechanics is well-accepted. Um, by science, and it does all kinds of strange things that um, scientists don't, quote, understand, and yet they believe it because they've got equations for it. And let me give you what I think is the most important example of that. And that's called non-locality. And you'll understand the connection with this in a minute. Locality means that if I pound my um, uh, fist on the table, sound goes out at the speed of sound from that location. So it starts locally and moves outward. If I turn on a flashlight, the light starts at the base of the flashlight and moves out at the speed of light. Okay? So that's the concept of locality. Quantum mechanics has this thing called non-locality. What non-locality means is I can take um, um, two, well, let, let me use a fly, uh, 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 this flashlight example, and it's almost, almost accurate. If I put two flashlights, one pointed one way, one pointed in the opposite direction, and I turn them on at the same time, okay? So light in the normal fashion is moving out at the speed of light in both directions. If I now tweak the end of the photons from one of the um, uh, um, flashlights, non-locality means that the photons at the other end that are more than the speed of light away, because they were going in opposite directions, will be able to know about it. That's non locality. Wow. Um, and they've done experiments with this, and in fact, Einstein, believe it or not, did not believe this. This was called a paradox, um, it was sort of involved with his famous statement that God does not play dice with the universe he could not believe that any information could travel faster than the speed of light and yet in laboratories and that's one of the reasons science believes quantum mechanics they have done things similar to this where they've sent out photons in opposite directions and tweak one and by golly the other one knows about it when there's no local way they can know about it. So this non-locality is the physics equivalent of everything being connected at the same time. See, it's very close to that because we're talking about information which can't be transmitted in the normal way. Anyway, so I think the essence of what we are talking about is buried in quantum mechanics. Some say um, general relativity, which is the very, very large. The fact that we have no physical model that connects those two unless we bring in extra dimensions. Have you seen any of the, you know, every now and then it makes it into the newspapers when they talk about, gee, our world has... Ten or eleven dimensions,
0: and yeah, they,
2: they, right. You, you read about that occasionally, and you don't understand Well, what do it. you
0: believe on that? What do you, do you believe that there are more dimensions, and that I was just reading a thing this yesterday that uh, some scientists believe we're interacting with that other world worlds. Um,
2: I believe. There's a lot more going on than we know. Other dimensions is a convenient way of thinking about it, but we can't kid ourselves. I believe it's even more complicated than that because it gets to the essence of what consciousness is. Okay, you ask me what I believe. I will give you my theory as best I can in words. and hard to convey all this in words, but I, I will give them my feeling of this. A, the guiding principle is the following. Consciousness is the fundamental. Sort of take that in for a minute.
1: Consciousness yeah, yeah.
2: itself is the fundamental. So when we ask all these other questions, what are we trying to do? We're trying to explain consciousness. We're trying to explain precognition. Gee, how do you figure out mental telepathy? How do you figure out all of these other great mysteries? Well, you know why we can't quite figure out with the intellect the way we're currently thinking? is because we're not coming from a position which says consciousness itself is the fundamental. It's the essentially infinite it's where all that is resides it's in this thing that the best word we have for it is consciousness now if I come from that position I can begin to explain all this stuff time comes from consciousness Einstein had a great quote the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen at once So that indeed, yeah, isn't that great? Mm -hmm. So we can experience, you know, moment to moment to moment. I mean, you know, savor it. Have one moment experience at a time. Even though in some way, which consciousness, in fact, is showing us, um, it's all out there. Precognition, in a way, shows that. And some people would disagree with that because they say that's complete predetermination and you can go on and on. But my model is that it begins with consciousness as the fundamental. Um, and it now, it, whatever it is, and since it's the fundamental, all I can do is sort of look at it um, from from the outside, but when I look at it from the outside, if it's the fundamental, the next question might be, okay, what's an idea of how it might have created the physical world? Because I believe there is an objective physical world out here. You know, we we agree on most things. We disagree on some things, but in terms of you know, the physical world, if you and I are looking at the same building, we'll generally describe it the same way. Um, um, You know, so there's an objective world world out there, a physical world. How did that come into being and develop? Though I should say the way we experience the physical world is totally through the fundamental, which is consciousness through our inner self, right? It's, still the inner being that experiences it, so there's that connection. But nevertheless, there's more to it, and I'm going to give you my theory on that. Um, This comes out of the quantum mechanical principle of what's called zero-point energy. That's another one you can Google, ZPE. And it comes out of quantum mechanics. People do not disagree with what I'm about To tell you, so this is not conjecture. When you go out to what we would consider to be the most vacuous of space, you know, you get between the stars, you get to a place where you say it's a pure vacuum, there is still energy. There are things which are coming into existence and annihilating themselves in such a fashion that there is like a base energy, which is called zero-point energy. And if you go to a place where there's matter and you get smaller and smaller and smaller, you go inside an electron, but then you get even smaller and smaller and smaller, you will get to the same zero-point energy field. There'll be a base energy, which fluctuates um apparently randomly my hypothesis is indeed it is not random and consciousness is communicating through this zero point energy field in some way which i certainly can't understand but it's that zero point energy which is a connector So you can think of, you know, I don't know where to stop. I'm giving you an awful lot, probably way too much yeah, No, just
0: keep going because uh, we have so many people that are interested and understand this on so many different levels that okay. uh, we really appreciate what you're saying.
2: Zero-point energy is a little bit like if we go to the deepest part of an ocean. The pressures there are enormous, um, you know, enough to crush you in an instant. Um However, there are fish that are down there because they started down there and they're in balance with that energy. And that's, well, that pressure, let's say, that's their base. And then as you move up and up and up and up, the pressures get lower, things change. Um, But there is a base energy where all the other... I mean, in fact... If you think about what is keeping um, um, hydrogen, if you put hydrogen, which is sort of the simplest a- atom, in a bottle um, and imagine it being totally confined, it'll remain there. And it turns out it's getting its energy from the zero-point energy field. Um so it, it, zero-point energy is very, very fundamental uh, and comes right out of quantum mechanics. Scientists mm-hmm. accept it. What they would not accept is what I said, which is that somehow consciousness is the fundamental and it's communicating through this zero-point energy field. Um, uh, Marty, you're crazy. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I ever heard of, or you know whatever the comments would be, but you asked me what I sort of see as a connection with all this, and it's it's really at that level, and it's taken me a long time to get to that, but being a scientist, it's hard for me not to try to put all this together yeah
0: and plus it's 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 a uh It's actually, to me, it makes a richer life to uh, think about, contemplate, and the things that you are doing are so exciting uh, to us and the people that are like-minded that uh, we... But a lot of us aren't writing this stuff down, you know, and actually providing uh, proof that we're going through this. So I think our biggest task is, is to... Uh, be sure we can verify what we're doing and and actually go to your site, appliedprecog.com, and sign up over there uh, to actually learn, these, learn how to do this thing because I think this would uh, help with a lot of things. Uh, you know, I've done it when I've walked into, let's say I'll have a dream and then I see work in chaos. And one time it was off, not the job I am now, the one before that, What I dreamt and I prepared myself for was total chaos, offices being moved around, uh, boxes, all kinds of crap. So when I went in, I was expecting it. I was not expecting it to be okay at work. And it was. Everybody was moving everything. Desks were flying everywhere, boxes. And they had totally did a reshuffle, and people were in a lot of extreme pain. And that's what I was uh, picking up on. But I wasn't because I was already prepared somehow. I don't... Mm -hmm. That's how I think it works when you have a precognition. Well, I think
2: it's a good helper. Yep, I think there's a definite connection there in that precognition and this being prepared um, are are right together. The precognition you were already imagining the situation, and you almost lived it in a way and got ready for it. Yeah. Um, and I think we use precognition all the time and often don't know it. Um especially if you open yourself up to that being the way the universe works. So, you know, when people come I I hope you'll join us because what I want to indicate I think I'm is going to we have a discussion group and there you could go and ask, "Okay, who who's doing this um Kidnapping work? Can you get me in touch with people like that? Yeah, you know, so mm. you don't have to oh, get yeah. involved directly with a money application. Um, though I'd like you to consider that you're obviously have the capability. You know, give all the money
0: away to a charity.
2: Um, um, go into it. Well, you it
0: know, you're going to do that. <laughs> Maybe you can convince me to make a little money. I mean, you might be able to convince me. But anyway. Uh, thanks for the invite because Wait. I'm gonna take you up on it. I'm I do have a couple health things I'm doing, so I'm shooting for March to do all my projects again. When I get my uh get back on my feet again. I'm still working actually I work in forensics and that's what that's what I do. So I think my life has kind of prepared me for this next adventure.
2: Interesting. And that's you know what I mean? My is-
0: whole Yeah, it's like a okay, the life number I don't know which one I'm Because on 'cause I've had many. So this could be life number six or seven. And uh, I'm actually going to venture out to the next thing. Because you know what? Why not? And why why pretend when uh, there's something magnificent going on? Why ignore it? Why, why are people shying away from it? It's like you're missing the grand play.
2: That's exactly right. Uh, but you have to be somehow brought into it, drawn to it, um exactly. lots of different reasons. You know, you bring up reincarnation. Uh and I don't know exactly how that fits in, with consciousness being the fundamental, um, and I do believe that we have um spirits, souls because that's where the connection is. Um, I can see connections with various lives through various times But I don't know if it's at the – well, it is at a minimum at the information level. You know, you seem to have connections with specific things that happened at earlier times. Um, Um. Now, you remote viewing those, are you for whatever reason connected to what is really your same soul or somebody else's or – uh, those are, in my opinion, now I, you know, I and you probably disagree because you're, you know, you maybe you've experienced different things, but in my um, experience, I don't see how you could kind of tell the difference. You know, it's still information, and it could even be accurate information about another life from, um, you know, two centuries ago. But whether or not you want to say it's you, I don't know.
0: Now, that's a, you know, that's so interesting you brought that up because I've always had difficulty with reincarnation and most of my friends believe in it and because we're all into the paranormal aspect of things. But I've always felt like, how can I test that? Like, how can I prove it? However, I went and saw Lorraine Flaggerty I don't know if you know who she is, but she's out of uh, uh, United Kingdom and she's going to be here in L.A. at the Conscious Expo, by the way. Anyway, uh, she explained it in a way that totally stunned me, but I also can see the point. She said it's along your DNA strand, mm. and, and now we're finding out some people go back. Because okay, what she's saying, and she said that some people uh, go back to Neanderthal time. Now we are actually being able to test the DNA, and yes, we are part Neanderthal. Not, I hope not me. I'm going to get mine done, but. I don't want to be, but some people are. And some people that are, let's say, angry and vicious in this time and keep doomed to repeat this, this outrageous rage were actually came from a Neanderthal time when they had to survive. And that was part of the DNA. And so they're reenacting. Now, I can see that point. That's the only ask- one explained it like that. Like, what if it isn't in our DNA memory wise? Well, and, it's very and that's reincarnation. Okay, go ahead. Wasn't
2: time when every living, almost human being, was Neanderthal? Don't we? Because if that's the case, all of us must still be able to go back a hundred generations or whatever it is, and in theory, see a connection with Neanderthal. So don't think you, don't say you hope you don't.
0: I don't want you, to be.
2: But I don't think there's any... (laughs) You don't want to have that strong characteristic. But, you know, they're all connected to a time when there were probably, uh, you know, very few... You know, we still don't know the evolution theory in detail back there. No. I think there had been a time when the Neanderthals, in an evolutionary sense, changed to being more human. Um, Yes. And so that means... So that means we go back to the more human connection, but if you go back to their ancestors, it has to connect up with Neanderthals. And I do think the genetic strains um, are indeed uh, connected, and I do believe as we're getting more and more into looking at DNA, we probably will find some of that in everybody, but some people may have Mm -hmm. more than others. Um, yeah, and, I've, and I've actually you about can it.
0: see it. <laughs> I could, because sometimes you see a person who says, you know, this person Neanderthal, and it turns out, yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> well, just so pretend, it's So just so I'm just you know a little humor here, but it just yeah. is the same thing as Sasquatch to me almost. Even though now we're finding the definite proof, it's like Sasquatch. There could be sort of a humanoid thing up in the middle of the forest. You know what I mean? If we're interacting with Neanderthal and now we really know we are because we have part of them in some of our DNA, what is this Sasquatch thing in the woods? When I'm had, i I'm only telling you that only because I had a weird idea one time about it. Like what if there is some kind of different kind of humanoid living on this planet? It just struck me just like that. Like, wow, because I've been kind of rejecting it. I'm keeping an open mind on it, but inside I kind of, I don't see it working. But some people are saying, yes, it does happen. They are alive.
2: I want to use this um, as an example of the difference between what we're doing in app versus this, where you could talk about it, you could argue about it, um, you can look for really clear evidence. Um, However, until you find the clear evidence, it's all speculation um True. here with this associative remote viewing and you know remote viewing with a target that you could get what we call feedback on, so you know whether you were right, partially right, or wrong um, there with a r v the mechanism is there right now to generate the data in the area of the paranormal. And so that's why many of us are drawn to that area, even though, you know, we listen to a lot of this stuff, and the same thing is true right. in the UFO area. Are there right. aliens among yeah, us? Yeah, I
0: was going to ask you about that.
2: Okay. Okay, um, so you brought it um, up. Uh, I my... was
0: going to ask you about that. Have any? Has anybody remote-viewed an alien race, let's say, or... Yes. ...thought they thought... Yes? They have.
2: And here's where I disagree with what they conclude. Um, they've done it. They've come up with really nice drawings. They've come up with a command. Um, they've Remote viewers have done all this. However, since I know remote viewing isn't perfect, I cannot get any feedback on that because the aliens for whatever reason, the ETs, have chosen to remain hidden. Um, As long as they choose to remain hidden, I really can't get any firm in this physical world um, feedback for me to act on in this physical world. I do know that their consciousness, I believe they're honorable. I mean, they did a remote viewing session. That's what they got. But maybe they got it because they were believers. They've read something. um, Other people's speculations. You know, I'm sitting here, and I don't know. Um, I happen to go back to the time when they first came out, the Air Force came out with the Blue Book, and I was really into this. And where I am on UFOs is, look, I know there's um, conscious beings somewhere else in the universe. I know that for as much as I know anything I haven't experienced directly. The odds uh, that that we are alone is so small. I also know the odds are that we're not at the top of the intelligence-slash-consciousness chain. There are beings out there somewhere that are further along, say, where we might be in a million years. Okay, a million years in the universe time frame of billions of years is not that much. So I'd say it's likely that there are people out there who are a million years ahead of us. Now, for whatever reason, they seem to be giving us signs who want us to know there's something bigger going on, and I think that sort of consciousness does that well. Um, But they're choosing to be mysterious and remain separate. So you know what? Let them. I'll do ARV in the area of the paranormal um, because I can apply it. I can use it now. I can learn about it. I can learn about my own inner being as I'm doing it. I'm learning about myself. Um, And... That's where I am with with many of the things in the area of the paranormal, because almost by their very nature you can't get feedback,
0: yes now, when wow. we do get feedback, yeah when we do
2: get feedback, that's going to be terrific, but why should I put my energy into something where it seems likely I'm not going to get feedback, and then I hope I'm surprised flying like sorcerer will land on the White House lawn. Um, someone well, will come. In.
0: That would be interesting.
2: <laughs> or you know, the big creatures, the I know about them a little bit, but I haven't spent much time. But yeah, it'd be nice if he walked into, um, you know, a city and said hi. Or, uh, um, but it, that just seems very unlikely because it's been out there for so long, and there's still no feedback.
0: Yeah, I think that that's I, intentional too from them because uh, they're undercover and they want to continue with whatever their agenda is. So I think,
2: that uh, <laughs> but that's well, what, you what, know that's it's,
0: hypothesis.
2: And, yeah, it's uh, hypothesis. And, that's right. and I'll tell you, I read occasional articles about it. Um, there are a lot of remote viewers that are really into that, uh, um, and they do sessions. Um, but I choose, and, and I pay some attention to that, but I choose to put most of my energy into um, this precognition with feedback.
0: I think that's good because, uh, you know, that's where your focus is and that's where your energy belongs and, you know, it's making it better. So uh, how accurate are your groups now? How, How close you are to figuring out some of this stuff?
2: Over the years, um, and and this is why it's applied precognition project. While we're always working to understand it and appreciate sort of it, the big picture better. I've concluded the way you really want to do it is get into yourself better to improve your results overall. On fifty-fifty propositions, we're doing sixty to sixty-five percent. Right, so that's, that's awesome. Typically, in projects, um, it's it's like that. Uh, so that's actually quite good, and that's um, good enough to wager and do stuff like that, which a lot
0: of people yeah. are doing. If you're getting like upwards to seventy-five percent correct, I mean that's a that's a big thing. Seventy-five. Um, so. Uh, but there's how can, people do better. Go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. Well, we we well, were saying it cut off a little bit.
2: Oh yeah, okay. No, I was just saying it's yeah, it's sixty sixty to sixty five percent over a longish time period. I mean, we have people who have runs that are much higher than that. It's sort of phenomenal, and when you see their matches and stuff, uh, um, you can't be around this for very long without knowing there's a hell of a lot going on. Um, and it's real. Uh, but I think one of the reasons it's hard to sustain, you, know, like you say, okay, if this isn't real, why can't you do 95% all the time? And um, I think all of us in our own belief systems um, know that that would be so dramatic for your own life personally, that you almost maybe don't want it to happen that way. Or maybe there's resistance from other people. Um, We don't know, but I've never yet seen anybody who can get over 80%. That's my next milestone, is to get to where we can do 80% consistently. Um, But I
0: have not found anybody who could do that. Okay, so uh, what's really interesting and interesting thought is how can anyone possibly know the future when it hasn't happened yet and doesn't free will matter?
2: It doesn't why? Wa- oh, that is the right question. Um, yes, I wrote a whole article on that. Okay, let me give you another website. Um, okay. It's A dot com. Um, Can you start
0: that again? Can you say that one more time? P is in physics
2: dash mm-hmm. I as in intuition dash mm-hmm. A dot com. So if you go to the, are you on like your computer now?
0: Yeah, I'm on it. So I'm giving it to the chatters too.
2: Okay. So got okay. P dash I dash A dot com. If you go there. And that's for physics intuition applications. That was a company I started many, many, many years ago, and for many years I have been writing a. Um, um, now they'd be called the blog, <laughs> but we used yeah. to call them. Easy. I've been writing articles that go back uh, maybe fifteen years now, but if you go to that page, um, you'll see Get a lot done. of it, and links. Okay. Um, Now, let me see here. If you go even down, first of all, there's connections through time. You could click there and see everything that I've written, but these are different issues. If you go down to issue 34, it's called Free Will in a Precognitive, Predetermined World. I see it. I took that issue on, and um, so I have got a whole article there, but the bottom line is that you can have free will in a predetermined world because, and this gets really intellectually hard to understand, but if consciousness is the fundamental, okay, the whole idea of consciousness, and kind of the most fundamental element of that is this conscious moment, This conscious moment is part of the creation process of this consciousness field. It's not a static field. It's a variable field. However, time in this field, I know this gets strange, but time is just one element of this field. Every one of your conscious moments are connected, and in each one of them, you have free will. I mean, the only time you can do
0: anything
2: is in the present moment. You can think about the past, you can think about the future, you can remember the past, you can remember the future. That's one perspective on precognition remembering the future so you can remember the past you can remember the future and yet your conscious experience of it is in the now and that feeds this whole consciousness field so i no longer see any contradiction and the past and that's the future that's a
0: beautiful way to say it really good if Thank you, you think it you're remembering the future it's it's beautiful Yeah, it is. It's an exquisite way to, um, you know, because you're a practical person. And, you know, but this is a beautiful and exquisite way to explain uh, that people feel are mysterious. But it's also uh, a way to say that we've already been there before. So remember something that you're right, it already did happen. But we're seeing it as a future event because we've already been there. Right, right,
2: absolutely it's it's you know when you get into this deepest part of the consciousness field, the universal collective consciousness, it's all out there, so yes, it's predetermined, but how did it get out there? You were part of the creation process with all of your moments, past and future, and they interact precognition shows they interact because when you put a transcript. Um, down now, you gather the information from the future, so the future is influencing what you put down on the piece of paper. And so it's all interacting um, in a wonderful, mysterious, terrific way. I mean, it's so much fun when you get into it just how we're talking about. And I have to tell you, um, I'm So happy to talk about it that there are people out there who are interested in this.
0: Uh, Well, we're happy to listen because we can't hardly wait to uh, get somebody on that can actually talk to us about these things that we talk about a little bit, but, you know, you're increasing our understanding. And, uh, okay, so there's something I'm reading right here um, that you're saying on your page. It says, uh, your higher you can be viewed as a somewhat separate entity that is part of the more magnificent you. Your higher you not only has access to and is aware of all your memories and all your automatic nervous systems, including those that control your breathing and heart pumping, your higher you also has access to your subjective future. Your higher you maintains you as a single integrated physical being by entangling all the subjective aspects of your life. Uh Okay, so I would not let's say, as of three days ago, I would not know what you were talking about. But I had a very mystery because I'm, uh, you know, I haven't really told everybody that I'm ill right now, and I'm gonna, it's gonna be, it's curable, but I, I need to get surgery. It's a thyroid problem, right? So anyway, uh, so I'm having all these kind of paranormal and strange insights, you know, uh, because I'm sick, I guess. But anyway. So I was cooking, Now I was making like a, a pot of coffee, which is in my 1940s percolator, if I have Starbucks in there, you know how good that smells. And I had Bye. that going, and I was getting ready to do my eggs over easy, and then I was making bacon, and I had it on this, uh, you know, this skillet thing. And so I was making and turning it, and all of a sudden, I, I kind of had a vision of my higher self. And she looks like a queen, and she has a crown on
1: and she
0: started talking to me, and she showed me, she said, this is you. And I went, wow, anyway. I went, wow, to her. And it looks just like me, but with a crown like a queen. And she said, this is you. And she showed me a beautiful, now, this. meanwhile, this is why I'm turning the bacon over. Like, you know how you turn it over? And you're flipping each side so it gets well done. Anyway, so, and then she said, this is you. And she showed me a beautiful garden of all different kind of flowers. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And I went, wow, me? And she says, yes. And this is what you're doing. And she had a whole pan of grease, and she poured it all over the flour. She said, that's what you're doing. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> it was a shock, okay? It was a shock. She said, you're precious, and don't dump the grease all over the place. You know what I mean? So I'm not buying bacon anymore. I'm switching to turkey bacon. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Even though it seems like it's an all-American, whatever, breakfast, yeah. it's not good for me. It seems like my higher self was telling me something I didn't know. That's, like, how that's can you picture yourself as a beautiful garden when you don't have that concept, but she gave it to me? Yep. And then pouring grease over it, I've never seen that imagery in my whole life. But it was pretty shocking.
2: That's very interesting.
0: Isn't you know, it you interesting. Know
2: it. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. And healing um, is connected to this as well because the fundamental field of consciousness is connected to you through every cell, every molecule, um, every atom in your body. Um, And, uh, you know, when we hear these miracle stories of healing,
0: um, Mm -hmm. you know,
2: none of us know exactly how to make it on call But I certainly believe that um, you can assist. In fact, I think the most important part of healing is to do it when you're healthy, is to stop the thyroid problem from occurring by just sort of attention to your body and becoming sensitive to it and uh, um, allowing times to have it balance when it needs it, whenever you sense something. You know, just like you sensed your your son, you can sense your yeah. own body.
0: And, um, I knew something was wrong and I was getting all these blood tests and, and people would say, oh, you have too much calcium in your blood. i go, and? Are you going to, you know, what, what should I do? But no doctor until one I met recently had diagnosed it. So I have a uh, uh, primary hyperparathyroidism and excess calcium in the blood. So what it's doing, it's uh, pouring uh, hormones into my system, and it's making me sick, and it takes all the calcium out of your bones and it's putting it in your blood, so to speak. And I like that's why I have it. the calcium. Yeah. So yeah. now it's I know, good. and so I have an appointment coming up soon, and this, the, there's no cure except for to take it out, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm I'm moving forward with it. This is the first time I've actually put it out there. What's wrong with me? You know, because it makes me tired. Well,
2: good you luck know, with you. all of that. Um, Thank you. I. It sounds like something that now they've diagnosed it, they will indeed yeah. be able to take care of it, and they'll probably put you on thyroid yeah. pill. Yeah,
0: exactly. You. So I'll be able to to deal with it, and because uh, the symptoms are so extreme. You know, so it's funny I have bone aches, and they're saying, well, it's arthritis. So I go, yeah, I know, but it's something else, but... I'd never heard of it before, but anyway, so everybody check out your thyroid if you're sick, and uh, one of the, and the you things healing that... healing energy. Everyone who's yeah. listening should do
2: healing energy right now. Uh,
0: I thank you very much, because it's helping me, because what it's doing, it's uh, actually my um, psychic stuff that's coming out, so I'm doing a lot of talking to my higher self. That's why it was so strange when I read that, it felt so beautiful to me, because... I was talking to her I was saying my prayers Now when you say your prayers Just before you go to sleep And then I started talking to her again You know my heart self That has the crown on the queen And then we were talking about She said you know You don't know how to Give and take care of yourself You do everything for everybody But you She says your time is now I went okay I understand it now And I have to sure. feel like I'm not doing enough You know everybody's grown up The grandkids grew up Everybody's fine And now it's my time that's
2: wonderful, and I would say nurture that relationship with your higher self. You know, other people sometimes call them guides or whatever. You know, there are different ways of looking at this, but I think you've got your higher self, definitely.
0: And I know, um, and that you yeah. wrote about it and that we're talking about it yeah. It's so bizarre. I would never think I'd be talking about this on the air ever because I've been mm-hmm. kind of keeping it as a secret because I didn't want to appear weak or I don't know what my issue is, but. I'm still going to work and everything, but I work behind a desk, so it's not like, um, you know, I get tired. But, you know, no. anyway, but um, I no, gotcha I'm
2: going Off- to make an offer to you. You indicated you have other friends that are really interested in this. If you can get a bunch of them together who are interested in ARV, you've got my email address. You let mm-hmm. me know, and I'll do a um, webinar your group and show you, teach you how to do ARV, um, you know, we'll oh, get you into absolutely. apps well, but then you can start, you know, we have lots of different groups out there. Um, yeah. But I'm anxious to actually start new groups. And if you've got like a local group of people, um, you know, that adds energy just because you, you know, you, you, you support each other. So right. that's an offer you or in fact it's an offer to anybody who's listening. If they want to get a group of people together, they can contact you, you'll contact me and I will give a webinar and um give you, you know, more details.
0: Well that sounds so exciting. So um how do people get onto your your online group? Which group? Uh one of your online groups. Do you have to pay yeah, to no. belong to your group? Uh,
2: They first go to app. Everything, you know, since we have people all over the world, we have people in England, we have people in Australia. I've got a guy in Croatia that is running a group from Croatia. Um, um, We have some people in Spain. They're all over the world. So everything is, well, not everything, but it's mostly Internet-based. So we then have groups where taskings are given out over the Internet, um, via email, or with links, like I have, uh, you know, with with links to programs that will get the pictures. You know, we have the pictures already set up. I mean, we've, you know, it's been many years. We've come a long way, and we've got pretty sophisticated systems set up. Um, But that's what, you know, the first webinar teaching you would be all about, to get you into that. And you can be... Actually set up, and um, you could start doing it pretty quickly.
0: I really would love that. It's you because know, that's on, that's on my so-called bucket list. You know, was actually getting into all this, so it's a dream come true for me. And I know many people that are interested. And uh, I heard you have an annual conference. Can you tell us about your conference?
2: Yes, the conference is going to be in New Orleans. Right before the IRVA, which is the International Remote Viewing Association Conference, ours is going to start. Let me see if I get the date right. Ours is going to start on Monday, June 22nd. It looks like it's going to be at the Hyatt French Quarter. Um, and the first day is going to be for uh, introduction for newbies. Actually, a fair number of people take it as refresher courses. That's Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th um, will be really doing it. We will be doing it um, for real. Um, It turns out they have casinos in New Orleans, so we might even, just for fun, do a roulette prediction, um, Um, Mm red-black. And then I think we'll we'll also get into some financials. Um, um, So we'll actually be doing it. And um, we'll also have all kinds of speakers. It looks like Joe McMonagle is going to be there, Dean Radin. These are well-known people. I'll be bringing in others. Um, The planning process is still early, but we will be bringing people in either in person or through webinars. Last year we had six webinars, Um, very well-known people, including one guy who made $150,000 using ARV, and he talked about that. And um, so the webinar goes out to some people who only attend via webinar, but obviously it's also shown to the people who are at the workshop and conference. So that will happen again in New Orleans.
0: Um, what a wonderful those spot are, to have it. Yeah.
2: So we will be, in fact, if they stay tuned to... Either of these two websites I've given you, applyprecog.com is the primary one now. It'll be sponsoring this, um, we call it a workshop webinar conference. It'll be sponsoring that. So if they just stay tuned to that page, and in fact we're totally redoing our website and we're going to kind of launch the website with a formal announcement of the uh, workshop. All of that should happen in the
0: next couple of weeks. Oh, that's exciting. So, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Somebody want to get a hold of you, Marty?
2: Marty sure. at p-i-a dot com. And um, you know what? I, I I am an email person, and I welcome their emails. You know, some people just don't, but I do. So, Marty M-A-R-T-Y at p-i-a dot com.
0: Okay, then I want to read this this other last thing that something that you wrote. It's, My vision is for a world society where precognition is applied as a practical and educational tool which eventually becomes a commonplace as human beings consciously adjust to non-local and having immense potentials, potentials that are so much greater than we now accept as the current state of consciousness. I believe it can evolve into infinite consciousness and the work we do at the Applied Precognition Project Gives us glimpses to this, and I I just think that's a beautiful thing, and I'm glad that actually how you work in the workshops where everybody does it together, and that's another thing that's bringing people together. It's a beautiful thing. I want to thank you so much for the work you're doing. I, I'm so impressed, and I admire you very much, and I'll be happy for to work with you in the future.
2: Well, thank you, thank you, and it's really been a pleasure yeah.
0: spending time with you. You're very welcome, and I wish you a good night, Marty. Take care. Good night
2: to you, too.
0: And be healthy. I will, pretty pretty soon, and I'm going to be, people are going to be scared I'm going to be so healthy. (laughs) So you take care, Marty. Okay, take care. Okay, good night. So that was, um, wow, that was an interesting um, uh, interview, and Marty Rosenblatt and it's just incredible. And if, if you go to AppliedPrecog.com, you can get a hold of uh, Marty. And they're having that new in New Orleans in June. If you can possibly start saving now and get out there and attend those classes in person. Or they're going to do remote, too. So it's going to be beautiful. So remember, come next week. I want to thank Marty again. The next week, Lynn Reagan. And she has a a communication with the afterlife and uh, her fiancé was murdered and and that's when became her consciousness that she was aware that she was actually getting communications from him. And so she has uh, three books and uh, we're going to talk with her next Friday, same station, same place. Love you all. God bless you. And keep me in your prayers. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. Bye-bye.